What's up, everybody? It's time for our intro episode to Let's Talk Dubs. Uh, this is going to be a podcast about the VW scene worldwide, uh, air-cooled specifically. So this podcast uh, is going to just describe what our show's all about and kind of what to expect as we've got episodes to come. So um, first things first. Uh, who am I? I'm Bill T. Uh, Bill Segrinos from Las Vegas, Nevada. I've had a few feature cars in Hot VWs, and um, some of you might uh, some of you might know me from uh, the VW scene here, uh, Southern California, throughout California, Las Vegas, Arizona. <clears throat> Been going to the shows for the past uh, 20 years, really. And uh, what we're what, what the reason I'm doing this podcast is I think there is a great need for a good podcast to kind of help the VW community less than help more like just to kind of have another form of media for the VW scene out here. We've got internet, we've got uh, YouTube videos, we've got all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, I just thought there's a lot of really interesting people in the VW community that. Uh, you should get to hear from. So we'll start off this episode as kind of like me, what I'm all about, give you some backstory on me, a little bit of information, and uh, you know, kind of go through a couple of things that we'll be asking some of our guests. So really the crux of this podcast is gonna be informational stuff, just kind of discussions about the VW scene. Uh, we'll have guests on from time to time. My intention is to interview a lot of the people in the VW scene that are making things happen. You know, a lot of the guys that are in the industry, guys that build show cars, guys that own show cars, um, guys that build motors, guys that, uh, you know, sell parts. So the VW community is kind of a tight knit scene, but it's also worldwide. So I've been to shows all over, you know, the West coast, uh, hoping to hit some on the East coast next year and, uh, been to shows all the way around the world, been to Volksworld super show, I've been to uh, EBI. So, uh, and throughout that, meeting all these VW people, it's just been a good opportunity to get really uh, a, an opportunity to meet lots of people from around the world that all share the same passion. So that's kind of the purpose of this podcast, just to be able to express that and communicate, have another forum, something for us to listen to while we're uh, going through our day, getting us by, getting our VW fix. So I'll go ahead and... Uh, Kind of give you some of my history. So my, the first car that I had featured was the uh, black and red 67 13 window deluxe that was featured in um, Hot VWs in November 2003 issue. Um, title of the layout's called Bill's Bus and it later became to be known as the Bull Run Bus in 2008, five years later after it was featured. <clears throat> so after the Bull Run Bus in 2003, I had it was a little bit of a time, a little bit of time before I had another show car because uh, I built, and when I say I built, <laughs> so I conceptualized the Type 34 Gia. Uh, I remember when I was showing the bus and I saw Randy Gates split window. I mean, that was one of the cars that when it came out, man, it was just stunning. It was detailed beyond any level of comprehension. And that kind of, and, and, I, and I believe, this, at least this is the history of my opinion, that that car set a benchmark in the scene. So 
Um, when I saw that car, I knew I wanted a car that detailed. I knew that I wasn't capable of building something to that level of detail just because time, patience, and my personal skill set. So uh, I kind of came up with the concept of the car, the design, the interior, all that kind of stuff, and then kind of turned it over to Buddy Hale to help me get that thing done. So that was the 65 Type 34 Gia on Cosmics. That came out as a cover car in November 2009 Hot VWs. That cover is actually my favorite cover. Um, being a VW fan for a long time, I loved to see the magazines that had uh, cover shots of like garages or car washes or whatever. Where there was like an active scene versus just a stagnant car sitting there with a girl or something. I just love to see those those garage scenes were my favorite. So when I had my second opportunity to be in the magazine, I kind of worked it out with RK where I get it in the, uh, we kind of did a little garage layout in front of my house with a couple of my cars and toolbox and stuff. And so that was pretty fun. Um, then my third car that was featured was my 1962 carbon cab. And the carbon cab was featured in July of 2011, Hot VW's magazine. And it was actually, I'm pretty proud of the fact that it, uh, salted the cover of the vintage issue uh and and one of the things i'm the most stoked about was on the cover of that issue it's me and my double cab and my brother in one of his customers double cabs that my brother george who owns the wagon that george just finished and i was doing a big gnarly burnout in the crew cab and uh it was just one of those things where i mean i love that shot and i wish it would have been a full page shot but hey look i uh, was able to defile the cover of the vintage special so that almost gives me uh even better feeling so um but all kidding aside how did i get into vw's um i got into vw's back around 1987 88 um lived in some low rent apartments family didn't have a lot of money we lived in the desert so living in las vegas you're a wannabe california guy all the time everything that we do is like you know, and it was part of my generation, you know, BMX and skateboarding and, and that whole, uh, you know, kind of trying to be like that California vibe. And we're so close. So many people from Las Vegas, from California. And then VWs were pretty cool looking around at school. You know, in high school, you could see people that had Suzuki Samurais and lower mini trucks and stuff like that. But, you know, when you don't have any money, you got to kind of get something you got to build. So um, being that I was part of the no money camp, we uh, stepped it up and ended up getting into VWs. What kind of got me into VWs is I remember, you know, riding my skateboard, going over to the 7-Eleven and seeing, uh, you know, standing in line waiting to get my turn playing 720 or whatever video game we were playing of the day. Just kind of standing there sucking down big gulps and chili dogs and standing by the magazine rack and uh, just kind of checking out magazines and whatnot. You know, wasn't really super fixated on what car I wanted. And then, um, but I was really into like, that's when, you know, big systems and 215s and one driver's seat was, was all the rage. And so it was just awesome just to sit on a Saturday night, watch the cars driving down Desert Inn Boulevard, just bumping on their way to the Strip to go cruise the Strip. And it was just, I think, one of my personal opinions is one of the best times to be cruising the Strip and stuff when you had all that going on. And uh, I remember one night, I'm in my apartment complex, and I hear this, this thunderous bass out of nowhere. And I'm like, man, what is that? I mean, and it's la I mean, it's like bass, like I've never heard before. So I gotta go. I, I go running out to the parking lot, take a look, and there's this peach squareback with a white rag top, and it's just scraping across a speed bump coming through. 
And I mean, it's just rumbling, man. This thing's got two 15s in the back and it's just beaten. And I remember it, it's sitting there on white eight spokes with a white rag top and white scallops on the front. And this thing just looked so cool, man. I was just like, if there's any car cooler than that, I don't know what it is. You know, it was a surf wagon. I thought it was the baddest thing ever. So that kind of got, that, that's where it got its hooks in, into me. And so then next time I'm at 7-Eleven, I started just going through the VW magazines. And then like, that's just where it flipped a switch for me. And so realizing that I could buy cars pretty cheap because Volkswagens you could find in people's backyards or whatever. Um, that's kind of where I started getting into them. Um, you know, it's uh, the first issue. I, I still have one of the first issues that I had back then. It's uh, And I'll put a picture up on it on our video our video, uh, our video podcast, and also our uh, website at uh, letstalkdubs.com, and you'll be able to see kind of some pictures of some of the things that I'm talking about in the podcast, just so you can kind of go along with it. Pretty cool stuff. But I have an issue of 1988, uh, November 1988, VW Trends magazine, and it's got uh, like a red rag top on the col- on the cover. And it's actually like a raspberry rag top, but it's not bad raz. It's a different bug. And I still have that magazine sitting here in my garage. And it's like one of those things that's just so cool. And I looked at it and I just thought like, man, I got to get, I got to get one of these things. So that's kind of where it started for me. Actually, the title of the ad is Cat's Rag. Cat's Rag. So, um, but yeah, so I got that and then, uh, you know, getting the magazines and just kind of eyeballing stuff. My first bug that I ended up getting was um, was a 62 bug. And then, you know, part of this podcast is we're going to be, when we interview some people, we'll find out what kind of what got them into Volkswagens. Like, what was it? What were the things that triggered that connection and addiction? And, uh, you know, one of my most favorite things about the VW scene is there's people from all walks of life. It's not a rich man's game. Anybody, anywhere can find a Volkswagen, I don't care what anybody tells you. There's so many of them out there. You can find an oval window. You can find a ragtop. You can find a 21-window bus. They're still out there. Um, the internet hasn't ruined absolutely everything, but it's done a pretty good job of ruining most everything in regards to finding good deals. But, uh, you know, I still think it's, you know, that's what I love about the hobby is like anybody gets into it. And I think all of us, I mean, some of us start out just getting into it because we're broke, you know, and it's all we can afford and it's something that we can work on. And that's kind of what happened with me. Um, the thing that I love about VWs, man, is they're just like, you can, you can work on them yourself. You know, they're not that complicated to work on. You can work on them yourself. You can lower them yourself. You can do all kinds of stuff yourself on them to where, you know, you can get that sense of accomplishment. In addition to that, you can personalize the car yourself. You know, one of, one of the things I really love about them is, especially when you put a big motor in them, I mean, I love having a nice, super fast Volkswagen to kind of surprise those V8s out on the street. And my 63 down the road was one of those, but I'll get back into my first car. So my first car that I bought was a 1962 Bug. Nickname was Swervy. So it was lowered by pulling leafs in the front and relocating torsions in the back, and the leafs were pulled in the front. They forgot to cut the stoppers, so the lower A-arms, or I'm sorry, A-arms, the lower trailing arms, sat on the stoppers they didn't cut the stoppers off so it literally had zero suspension because it was metal to metal in the front and it literally had the world's worst bump steer so the car earned the nickname swervy um it was a super super lotus blossom this thing had 
Um, the driver's side had the rain gutter shaved and one suicide door with no door handle on the outside. There was no door panels, no carpet, uh, no rear seat. It was just two front seat skeletons covered by two pretty fancy sheepskin seat covers. Um, little 1200 cc motor that you know I was working at the time at like the Olive Garden. I'd go to Nevada off-road buggy and I'd cash my check, literally cash my check there um, because I'd spend, you know, my check would be 200 bucks, 220 bucks. I'd spend 80 to 150 bucks there buying parts. You know, I bought a, that's when I was living in the world to finding out that 1600 CC stuff didn't fit on a 1200, didn't fit on a 40 horse, but I took the motor, did all the accessories I could, painted it Ford grabber blue to match the wheels. Um, but it sat on stock smoothies, Ford grabber wheels. And like I said, the driver's side was customized in this car and then the passenger side was stock. So stock and even worse because it had a 65 door on the passenger side, but it was mine. It was 200 bucks. It was laying on the ground and it looked so cool from a distance. I mean, it looked so cool. And, you know, after that car, um, after the 62, I ended up getting, I picked up a 64. I can't remember who I sold it. I traded a 62, the 1962 I traded for like a Nissan hard body or Nissan 720 crew cab that I never got, kind of never got. It was, it was a total and it was like, I was going to build it and it needed way more work than I had a skill level for. So that thing ended up getting launched. And then I picked up a 64 from my brother's friend, Rick, and he had it gray and white two-tone. So this is right when the two-tone rage starts coming out. And so then we, we primer it black. So it's black primer with white insert. And then uh, we got that car going for a while. And I'm working at the, uh, I left working as a cook and moved into the world of car audio and electronics and uh, working on car audio stuff all the time. Um, I was able to score some JL Audio 8s and put a nice amp in there. And I was constantly changing the stereo equipment in that car. And one night, my friend Mitch comes over and uh, he wants to hear the system. So we live in these condos and I said, no, nah, I was taking for a ride around the block. And that was the uh, last ride of the 64 going around the block. I got T-boned, totaled the car. I ended up in the hospital with a ruptured spleen. And this was a couple days before Christmas of 1991. And so I'm laid up for a few months now and uh, car was totaled. I mean, it was literally it was literally uh, teepeed in the middle, like the, the like a like a like an Indian teepee. I mean, the thing it split the roof section from the rain gutter. Uh, driver's side seat was touching the passenger door. It was roached, but I had all the parts and pieces for the car, and I was pretty psyched about it. I mean, I had chromies on it, of course, and uh, and uh, all the parts and pieces from my '64. So I finally heal up, and sometime out in February of uh, and it's crazy because I got the receipt right here. I'm looking at it, which I'll post a picture of the receipt when I bought my 63 ragtop. 63 ragtop, man. We, we go out there, my brother George and I, we go out to Larry's Auto Wrecking here in Las Vegas. And uh, we go out there and we're just kind of looking for parts, maybe thinking we're going to get a half of a car. I don't know what we we're thinking. Uh, but we, we go out there and George's head pops up like a meerkat. And he's like, Bill, a ragtop, a ragtop. And he just starts taking off like a gazelle through the junkyard. And we meet up with this ragtop, man. And there it is, like the classic Corvette summer scene. You know, there's this there's this ragtop just sitting there on the pan. It's mostly complete, um, uh, light blue. I think I think that's uh, I think that's the Turkish blue or the uh, aqua, aqua blue for 1963 sitting there obviously uh the interior's complete seats and all that kind of stuff 
door panels and whatnot's all kind of rotted away, but just from being out in the desert in the rain, but it was a complete 63, no engine. It just had a transmission and a front beam on it. And so we go up to the office and we're like, man, we want to buy that whole car. Can we buy that whole car? And the guy's like, yeah, we're, you know, we can't, we can't really sell the whole car. Um, but I can sell you the floor pan and the front end is kind of how he described it, which meant we were going to take the whole car out of there. And uh, so I ended up buying the 63. It was February 16th, 1992. I still have the receipt here. I'm looking at it. Uh, February 16th, 1982, I bought the 63 bug. Uh, we go home, you know, broke as a joke at the time. Obviously, I don't have a job because I've been laid up for a couple months from an accident. And my brother and I uh, go grab, you know, we're limping my dad's car down there or something. And uh, we go, I connect with a buddy of mine. We go get some wheels and tires off my bug, bring those down. And then uh, we go to uh, grab my buddy who lives around the corner, my buddy Amac, who had a Buick Regal on Dayton's. And I'd done some stereo work for him. And so we needed a way to get that rag top out of there. So we kind of laid, lifted it up with a forklift. We bolted the wheels on it. And then Amac showed up with his Regal and we just kind of tied a, a, a rope around the bumper of the bug and the, and the back of the Buick and put a tire between the two and didn't have a tow bar or anything. So we just kind of drug that thing back and uh, got it over to his apartment and then uh, got a tow bar and got it the rest of the way home. But uh, that's the story of how the 63 came to be. And if you notice, just recently I just posted on Facebook on a bunch of forums that the 63 I built from, let's see, 1992, and I think I sold it around 19, yeah, around 1996. So I had it for about four years, and that car incarnated a couple different times. I drove it with the original, uh, the original sea foam, sea foam green, I think is the color. It's like a light blue. And uh, drove that car like that with the chromies on it, swapped all the parts, had the car running in like a week, George and I, and uh, and had that car running like that for a little bit. And then I had it painted red and white and, you know, kind of went with that whole two-tone look, had it on Porsche, uh, red five spokes at the time, red and white with red five spokes. And then I started doing the German look on it. And this was back in 1993. So I had phone dials on it. I bought one of the first sets of lowered spindles. Um, this is before everybody figured out how to narrow a front end. So I put the lowered spindles on there with the six inch phone dials in the front seven uh, and 16 by sevens in the back and just kind of had a, had a staggered offset and tweed interior with all the billet machine knobs. And it was just like my favorite car. And uh, I ended up building a 20, 2276 super flow heads, 48s, close ratio tranny for it. Completely undrivable. I mean, fourth gear was like second gear and uh, I had the car on the road for like a week. And I mean, I'd spent years just getting this thing finished. I finally get it finished and I lock up the motor, drag racing the car. The first week racing Jim Barbeau with uh, Desert Racing Performance. He's the one that built the motor for me. And I way over rev the motor and launched it and I just got mad and ended up selling that car. But uh, yeah, that's the story kind of, that's in a nutshell, it's about a, it's about an eight year span of how I got into the VW scene. And uh, throughout all that, um, I kind of took a break shortly thereafter that. And that'll probably be our next podcast will be how I got back into the scene after leaving the scene for a little while. And then when I ended up uh, acquiring the Bull Run bus. So, or what is now known as the Bull Run bus. But 
yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy the enjoy the stories, enjoy the podcast. Um, I'm hoping that this thing gets some traction and it gets going. Uh, if you look at my shirt on the video, uh, it's a shirt for the wagon, which is my brother's shop. He's our first sponsor. So we're sponsored by the wagon for all your air-cooled VW needs here in Las Vegas, full restorations. No tune-ups, just full restorations. Uh, George, my brother, does one seriously detailed job when he goes to building some cars. So um, check him out on Facebook at The Wagon. And uh, I think that's going to do it for our first episode of Let's Talk Dubs. So coming up here, I've got a couple personal episodes we're going to go through, just more stories about some more cars. And then we're going to start having some interviews. I've got some interviews lined up already. Um, be some of the heavy hitters or just some, some of the industry people in the VW scene and just kind of get down to, you know, what they're all about, what they're up to and kind of where their beginnings come from. And, you know, just the kind of stuff that at least I think I want to know. And I assume that everybody else wants to know that too. So, uh, make sure you guys click subscribe, give us a thumbs up on YouTube and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and everywhere else we have it posted. If you're listening to that. Leave some comments, give us some good ratings, and uh, spread the word, and let's build the podcast. All right, brothers, good talking to you, and sisters, brothers and sisters, everybody who's in the VW scene. Great chat with you for a little bit, and we'll see you on the next episode on Let's Talk Dubs.